This video contains gratuitous use of profanity and uncomfortable pauses to compensate for lack of professionalism and original thought. Viewer discretion advised. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the Mac Movie Reviews Podcast. I'm your host, Mac, joined here, as usual, with my co-host, my partner in crime, my Robin to my Batman, or Static Shock in this case, Christmas Alberto, aka Atmos Flamingo. How are you doing today, Christmas? I'm doing good. This is a special episode today. This is, like, not so much of our last episode of the year. It's pretty much our Christmas episode. Christmas time. Yes. That's right. Start playing. I hope you're like all of us and listening to your Christmas music, watching all your Christmas movies, and getting into that holiday spirit, even though we're still in that tough year of 2020. But we are happy that you are here to listen to our soothing voices. I don't know how soothing they are, but, you know, you're spending your little bit of your holiday with us. So we'd like to thank you for that, and we appreciate you. Yep, and grab those Sprite cranberries because they're going to have a good episode today. Those and are good. Yes, they are. You can't find It's so hard to find them now. I know. There was a there's a friend of mine over Instagram that we he messaged me. He's like, oh, it's time for Sprite Cranberry. I was like, yeah, it is. And I don't drink soda that much, but I will take a little bit, you know, like a little bit of a cup, and I'll drink that. Yeah, but we've been gone for like a month now. The last episode yeah, we posted we... was... Thanksgiving. We, uh, reason for that? School calls for both of us. Yeah, um, we were a little busy, busy bees, and, uh, now that we're, uh, finished, we can bring you some Christmas joy, and, you know, let's yeah. make it a nice one and end it on a high note, so. Yeah, we... I'm exhausted from school. Max is exhausted from school. We just want, we're looking for a nice little break. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and spend the holidays with our families, just like you all as well. So, uh, are you ready to get this episode started, Mac? I Bye. sure am. So we got a lot of stuff. Well, it is a lot of stuff to just cover on the news segment, and we're going to talk about the topic of Christmas time in our lives, and some of my favorite Christmas movies, and maybe least favorite Christmas movies. And then at the end of the show, we'll be going over stuff we watched recently because we both watched the movie thanks to an early screening, thanks to SDX Films. Yes, that's right. That's a classic. So, are you ready to get started? I'm ready, whatever you are. All right, let's get into the news. Alright, so the news for the day. Obviously, we need to cover the big stuff out of the way first. So, yeah, HBO Max took a big fat dump on the movie theaters and said, you know what? Screw you guys next year. We're going to release our movies on HBO Max while releasing it in the little theaters that are open. So, HBO Max a few weeks back 
They announced that all of their upcoming movies in 2021, movies such as Dune, Mortal Kombat, and uh, I forgot what another one. Uh, um, oh, and Resident Evil, I think. No, not Resident Evil, no. But, Tom and uh, Jerry, you know, it's Tom, Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Tom and Jerry, they're all going to be premiering. They're going to do the style of Wonder Woman 1984. They're going to be played. They're going to premiere in theaters, but they're also they're going to be played on HBO Max simultaneously. But at least there's no premiere fee. That's all I have to say. And people are split on this decision. Yeah, I think there's a lot of filmmakers and like the big cinephile people like you and I are not too gung-ho about this situation. Given the fact we are still in a pandemic and now there is a vaccine, it's going to take some time for everybody to get it and do more research on it. It's going to be a lot, so getting the opportunity to get some newer films while having a prescription... Uh, yeah, subscription. A subscription. <laughs> I was going to say prescription. A subscription service is nice. So I feel like films like Tom and Jerry for an HBO Max, it works for. However... I'm going to shout a little cloud, but I got to see a, a Wonder Woman 1984 a little early. Fancy. And uh, I will say it is a movie that you need to see on the big screen, given how much Patty Jenkins really put in a lot of effort into putting 1984 is. It's a theater going experience. Your time will come, Diane. Everything will be different. I've never been one for rules. The answer is always more. Go to DCFandom.com on August 22nd for an epic Wonder Woman show, new trailer, surprise guests, and more. Wonder Woman 1984, rated PG-13. It genuinely is what... The way Hans Zimmer like mixes everything, the whole film feels like a theater-going experience. And I don't think you're going to be able to get that with an HBO Max. Watching it on your phone or your TV or laptop, it's not going to be the same. It really isn't, but uh, people will watch it. I know that on the HBO Max subscription. And given the circumstances... There are bigger productions like Dune who need a theater-going experience, regardless how much money they make. The art of going to the movies is to see it for different formats and aspect ratios and all that jazz. And for something like a film like Dune, Denny Villeneuve, who's like one of my favorite directors of like all time, and I think he's an absolute genius, has pushed dune to be in theaters and uh he wrote a wonderful wonderful essay recently and uh describing how the deal you know it's a, it's a deal but it's mm-hmm. not something he would like to see his format of a film in if you go to variety he wrote a beautiful essay on December 10th, and in it he says, Warner Brothers' decision means Dune won't have the chance to perform financially in order to be 
viable and privacy will ultimately triumph. Warner Brothers might just have killed Dune the franchise. So this, and on the other hand, was going to potentially maybe, I think, build a universe that D- Denny Villeneuve wanted to create. Yeah, given but the fact- Dune, Dune, was, Dune was kind of not a franchise. Well, a very mainstream franchise. No, no. It was kind of like hardcore people would know, not like the... Mm-hmm. Normie, the casual normie. And knowing how much he did with Blade Runner uh, 2049, it's outstanding. And he was looking to do that, but the same thing would do. And it looks jaw-droppingly amazing. And this is a film he wants people to go out and spend some time and get away and enjoy a film. And uh, it's an interesting, interesting, you know, take because... Everybody is, like, so different. You can't... This is something you ultimately can't predict mm-hmm. on how people are going to go, especially with theaters, because, you know, it's constantly changing every five minutes, I feel like, you know. So it, it's an interesting deal. I know, like... But anyways, uh, Josh Rowland has come out in support, you know, Denny Villeneuve's essay. And then if you go back recently, Timothy Chalamet guest starred on SNL. And at the end of the episode, he wore a legendary uh, sweatshirt. Are they suing Warner Brothers? That I'm not totally sure on, but I wouldn't be surprised given Mm -hmm. how much effort and money was put into Dune. And, you know, for them to throw it on something that, you know, they won't make back financially and without, I don't think, a deep down further discussion. Because I don't think there was... There was no discussion, I don't think. It was just, you know, Warner Brothers had the rights to, to release the film, and, you know, they're like, all right, we'll put it out there. You know, and I, it was a surprise to many, including Denny. Yeah. I don't think... He didn't know. He didn't know, I don't think. He was just, you know, I guess on his phone, and then he got this alert from somebody, or he found it himself and was just, like, taken for a world when, like, many of us. And I'm not crazy about it. I think it's... Like I said earlier, I think it's fine for films like Tom and Jerry and, you know, whatever else is going to come out. But for films like Wonder Woman 1984 and Dune and anything else that's going to be major coming out, then you need to go see it in theaters, I think. And uh, it's sad because we don't know what's going to happen to these theaters, you know. He Denny wrote in his essay that, you know, theaters will pop up again and people will go. People will have fun. You can kind of see that now with the Croods film because that is getting doing well financially. Like mm-hmm. people did go out Thanksgiving weekend to go see it. And I think it was a few days ago. I saw something and it made like three point one million. You know, given the fact we are still in pandemic, people are still going in some way. Yeah, it's just. It's just an interesting, interesting time, and you don't know if theaters are going to survive. We don't know what's going to happen, and it's, like I said, it's constantly changing. And I think somebody who really said it well on their thoughts, I don't know if you watched this, Mac, is Chris Stuckman's video. I watched, I started it, and I didn't get to finish. I think he gave wonderful insight, and he really gave out some really good thoughts on it. If you want to know more about it, I would suggest you go watch Chris Stuckman's video on it. Why would you just say what he said? Please summarize it. Because uh, I would rather have people 
you know, go watch the video. I don't want to, you know, give my thoughts about it and summarize it. You know, I give Chris Stockman the views he deserves. So uh, He has a million subscribers. He's fine. No, I know. He deserves more, though, given how much, he, how talented he is and, you know, his filmmaking and describing films in general. I think he does even sometimes a better job than myself. But uh, go watch his video. It's outstanding. So, um and Dan, I can't say his name. Dan, Dan Mural gave a really good also video too about it. And uh, I just say, if you want to get some other people's perspectives, go watch theirs because it's very interesting to see people's takes on it. And Mac, what do you think on it? Do you think that uh, Dune should be in theaters or on HBO Max? How do you feel? Let's face it, Dune probably wasn't going to make any. It wasn't. I don't think Dune would have been received well by the general public because, like I said, Dune is very. It's a very niche property, so it would have been like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Great reviews, but just kind of bad. It's not like it. It wouldn't make its money back. So maybe like okay, I get it. You don't want it to come out in theater and come out HBO Max. You like my intellectual property is. Um, you know, it's just I feel like you're not giving me like okay, I get that, but it's like listen. What if it came out in theaters and it didn't make it was kind of like Blade Runner 2049? It got amazing reviews. People were like, This is like one of the best movies of all time, but it didn't make any money. HBO Max, it can reach a wider audience. And during a pandemic, people might not have money to go see the theaters, to go see it in like an IMAX that you you preach is like the best way to watch a movie. So this is a nice alternative, and it can get people to maybe see more of your movie. Because I know a lot of people, they didn't see Blade Runner 2049, even when theaters are open. I know like people like us, they saw it. And, like I didn't see it in theaters, but I saw it on DVD, and it was pretty good. I was like, I wish I saw this in theaters. So it's just like, mm-hmm. you got to learn. I know it sucks, but it's just like, you got to compromise until a better option persists. Because when yeah. Christopher Nolan was like, oh, HBO Max is worth streaming service, I'm like, isn't this from the guy who was trying to who refused to have his movie pushed back next year and insisted that it came out this year and it was not exactly. successful. But I was like, your opinion is invalid. Like, I love you, Chris, but it's just like, you, you dropped the ball. Cause I'm like, you tried to be the savior of the theater. It, it didn't work and you're mad. So then HBO Max is like, okay, we're just going to release this. In. And it is kind of a little scummy that HBO Max, I feel like Warner Brothers didn't talk to the They should have talked with them. And see what they thought. I think of- they should have had a meeting with all the directors who had movies set to come out next year and said, here's an option. Delay it? The on HBO Max. And mm-hmm. I feel like there are some directors who would have agreed to that. Yeah. Some people like Tim Story, who has, you know, like I said, the Tom and Jerry film coming out. It would have worked because, you know, it worked well for Trolls. You know, people went out and rented Trolls, you know. And it made that's that's money still, back. Yeah, that's still like one of the, every time you pop up, it's like still one of the top screen movies of the year. I'm gonna turn pop, techno, funk, and country into rock zombies. Rock and roll! <laughs> Happy birthday! If we don't stop her, who will? We need to go undercover. Hey, <laughs> only rock trolls are allowed here. Barracuda! Exactly. So. It works. And if, you know, Denny was like, okay, we'll wait till next year, but thank you for the offer, HBO Max. I feel like he could wait 
And I think he just wished he was more, I guess, talked out with and more negotiating. And I, I like the fact that, though, they didn't release it this year because, like you said, it wouldn't have made money. And I would agree to that. It wouldn't have made money. Because it's and, not like, like I said before, Dune's not like the niche. It's not so like, hey, you can go see Dune. They're like, what's that? And it's like, it's an adaptation of a book. And it, mm-hmm. and they made a movie about it in the 80s. They're like, I don't know about that. Yeah, and you're right. And uh, it was more, but anyways, um, just having more, like I said, a conversation about it and, you know, working it out with, you know, they're those filmmakers, and I feel like it would be different. Yeah. So, you know, waiting to, till October is fine. I think he would like to see how things play out more. And for him to work at least pushing it back is fine and not be like Nolan and, you know, release it and not make it. Be so gung 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 like, release it now or. Yeah, which is, you know, which is fine. I appreciate what Denny is doing because he doesn't want the same thing to happen to him, what happened to Nolan. You know, it's. He's being wise about his decisions, and at least on that end, and I appreciate that. So, uh, mm-hmm. even if that means just patience is the best word, and yeah, just... yeah, like what we talked about even earlier this past year, having the idea to wait, and people like me who really want to see Dune, and someone like you, Mac, who also would like to see Dune, are gonna have to wait, and that's totally fine by me. I would rather wait to see a beautiful movie in theaters than rather watch it on my phone, you know, personally speaking, so... Yeah, sometimes there's some movies you need to watch in theaters. Like you're, like, That's what I was, like, saying, like the Dune and everything, so... Although I am glad that Batman got pushed back, because I would have been very yeah. angry if that was coming out October, HBO Max, and, like, that's a movie I need to see in theaters. Yeah, I think that's a movie that could potentially get theater people going back it to will. but that's for another it's time, for another discussion. That's a guarantee. No. When we're still doing the show in like episode 100 in two years when the movie comes out, I guarantee yeah. that that Batman's going to save the theaters in two years. Yeah. He's the hero we need, but not the one we deserve right now. Yeah. We wish Batman came up with another vaccine and said, hey, this could work. You know, who knows? But anyways, we got some next, other things to talk about. Yeah. So next thing is that Disney last Thursday had a Big uh, investor day. It's pretty much like a big investor call saying, "Here's all our projects. They may or not may not be uh, seeing the light soon because we're just going to announce all this stuff and um, just just tell you what it's going to be." So the majority of it was a lot of sequels, a lot of prequels, a lot of Star Wars stuff, a lot of Marvel stuff. So much Star Wars and Marvel stuff. Like, so we're just going to. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. You're just going to cover real quick the. Big Star Wars projects, and then I'm gonna name off the one Marvel project that matters, in my opinion. So all the upcoming all the Star Wars. No, we can't. <laughs> this is only the important ones. So the first we one gotta is all the Marvels. Uh, the only good. Yes. Okay, with the Marvel one, the only one that matters is John Watts, director of the Spider-Man movies for the MCU. He's doing a reboot of Fantastic Four. That's the only one that really matters. We're getting another Fantastic Four movie. And we have MCU. so many series coming out. We watched. If you haven't been like the internet, that uh, circulating all that time on that Thursday, you, they were announced. They showed the clip of the What If uh, oh, yeah. show. They showed a clip of Loki, and it had Owen Wilson. And I'm just like, ooh, Owen Wilson, I see you there. This could be a good 
thing for your career. And also, he's starring in a movie with J-Lo that I do want to see. So, But that's another note for another day. Um, they announced, uh, you know, they got showed a new WandaVision clip. They showed, oh, God, everything. I yeah. was just on the floor, just like my mind couldn't wrap everything. And I was just watching stuff on my phone pop up every five seconds of every single person I follow on Instagram and Twitter saying, oh, my God, this is coming out. This is coming out. This is coming out. And I'm well, just like, we, well, we, <gasps> we don't. Well, you know what? This is just like we this is what we have planned. So a lot can change and be like, OK, we got to just cancel. So I, I, I think I told someone, I said, how much you want to bet that half the stuff they announced won't even see the light of day? Yeah. But yeah, and then yeah, we're getting another Fantastic Four movie with John Watts. I think that's the biggest news because it was rumored for a while that they would appear in the new Spider-Man movie, but then uh, they're like, nope, we're gonna just do our own thing. And John Watts is the director. I'm like, you know what? I like that choice. Like you, I texted you. I see you were like uh, third time's charm, or like more like fifth time's charm for that movie. Yep. But yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really excited. That's the only one I really cared about. And then the the, the what if I found cool because. Um, fun fact, uh, Chadwick Boseman, he recorded lines for his character of Black Panther because this series is going to be focusing on the alternate storylines in, like, the MCU. And it's like, what if? And they might be doing one of the Marvel Zombies storylines that I like a lot. So, and they have the voice act, they have the actual actors who played the characters voice acting their characters. And I think that's a really cool touch. And then we got, uh, Speaking more Marvel, they still plan on releasing Black Widow, which makes me happy to see they are. I think they're set not on HBO, not HBO Max, Disney Plus, uh, Disney Plus, which I appreciate as well. You know, they want to make their money back from that. And probably they realized that the crap show that was Mulan, they said, yeah, we're not going to do that again. Yeah. uh, And then they got the Shanghai, 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 Shanghai. The Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, mm-hmm. That's going to be coming out with Aquafina, which I was surprised to see. I don't know about that. Yeah, I, was, I don't know about that. Yeah, I still don't know about how I feel about that. And the Chloe I'm... Zhao movie with uh, the Eternals. Like, that's the one I'm least excited about. Yeah, because I don't care at all. Yeah, I, I really don't. I'm more interested in the Spider-Man, the Doctor Strange, the Thor Love and Thunder. I'm just like... So torn. I'm just, I just don't know how I feel about it. I'm not crazy about Natalie Portman coming back. That's what I'm saying. Like you left and then you're like you're coming back and like we're gonna. She doesn't deserve to. That's what And it just shakes my head, and I'm just like, she's just someone I don't think deserves to be part of the cinematic universe, knowing how much she's talked stuff about them and then again there's other women i don't think that should be part of the marvel cinematic universe but really? luckily enough they haven't been in there luckily enough they haven't been a part of the marvel cinematic universe yet there's just like certain actors i just know would who would talk hypocritical i feel like but anyways that's for another thing that's for another time but what anyways uh we, we won't discuss about her <laughs> uh black panther we got coming up which and i'm they happy they're they, not going to be replacing yeah. Because that and would then, be stupid and dumb. Yeah, I think they would lose a lot of money. disrespect then. Yeah. Not, not money, but disrespect to the name of Marvel if they did. Mm-hmm. 
Then we got, you know, Captain Marvel 2, which is another film I'm not too uh, about. I will, as soon as we see Candyman, because uh, the director, uh, Nia DaCosta, of that, she will be doing a sequel. When I see what she has in store for that, then I'll have my thoughts on it. Uh, there's a lot. I was watching some people and Oz videos, and there was, like, this speculation that Brie Larson was fired. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Yeah. And I was just like, what? That would be funny. I mean, like, I well, they got been... the They got the, um, the girl, that, what's that girl's name? The new girl who's playing Miss Marvel, she's supposed to be in it. So there's, like, I guess that fueled the rumor fire. Like, Iman, I forgot her name, but she's supposed to be in the new movie. And then they have, we got Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which is really exciting. And a Christmas special. Yes, which I was not expecting at all. Like, that's a really nice Christmas treat. Who knows? Maybe next sometime next year they would have filmed it and we could be doing a Christmas reaction to that. Uh, I would love that. That was beautiful. Awesome. Me too. And then we got another Ant-Man movie, which I'm happy about. Who I'm not. I don't. I think we, although, with Ant-Man, they kind of did the actress who played his daughter in the Endgame 30. Yes. Because <laughs> so... If many of you don't know, um, they announced that Catherine Newton, who is uh, the girl who plays uh, opposite of Vince Vaughn in the new movie Freaky, they casted her as uh, Scott Lang, aka Paul Rudd's character's uh, daughter in the new movie. So he's going to be like, she's going to be Cassie Lang. Although she didn't play her in Avengers Endgame, it was another actress. And they didn't even tell the actress in Endgame that she was getting replaced. And she didn't yeah. find out about it until like the news came out. Yeah, which sucks, you know. That, that, I, really that would hurt. That I would be heartbroken, you know. Like be like something like be like, I was a part of this. What are you doing? Yeah, I, thought I, was, I, I thought I had a job. <laughs> you then, know. Then do you have to find out? That really is kind of suck. Like, why would they do that? Just cast the same person. Continuity. They're gonna just try to do like. They're just gonna try to do like a um, oh, Incredible Hulk. Like, yeah, what? He already. She, she always looked like this. What do you mean? I will say this. I do like Catherine Newton a lot. I did watch her in The Society when she was on that Netflix series. And then I did, and I absolutely loved her in Freaky. Like, Freaky has been one of my favorite movies I've seen this year. If you haven't seen her in it, go check it out. But uh, I think that they shouldn't have done is if they were interesting, uh, which we'll call it. Sorry, I got distracted for a minute. My dog is here. But, uh, um, I think they should have put her in for a different character or something. You know, mm-hmm. find some other, like, project or, uh, for the, uh, hold on. Wait, hold on. Matt, can you, can you cut this part out for a second? Uh, sorry, I just sure. got a message. Um, I got a message from Chris from Talking TV. They are just asking me, can you, uh, do Lando tonight as well besides Finn? I think he met, I think he was asking me too. That was for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. I, I know. I got the message, too. You don't have to. <laughs> he, they just messaged me now. They said, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you message Mac and ask him if he wants to play Lando as well? Because like, I don't think he's online right now. That's all. Sorry, I got distracted by that. Uh, anyway, saw- yeah, because by the time that this podcast comes out, we will, have been live. We will be live with uh, Talking TV, a.k.a. Chris yeah, and Yeah, let's cut this part out, Mac. Let's cut this <laughs> No, this is all staying in, baby. This is freaking no! this is real news. Yes. This is yeah. legit. This is this is the best. Anyway, so yeah, uh, society, right? 
So yeah, Catherine Newton is going to be Cassie Lang. You said that she was good in uh, society. Like I said, she looked cool and freaky. She seems like a nice gal, so I hope she does a good job. I see that. Huh? You still need to watch Freaky. Yes, I do. I was supposed to see it in theaters, but I don't know what happened. Go watch it still. It's available to rent. Go rent it. But in addition to their Marvel stuff, Disney announced a whole bunch of Star Wars projects and... It's a lot of them that I don't think is going to see the light of day. But, hey, it has... I agree to that. It still has renewed an interest in Star Wars. Because definitely the last, the Rise of Skywalker almost killed the franchise. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. But, anyways, we're going to so, save that for another day. But The, the um, major ones that we can talk about is, or we can say, is that they announced the Rangers of the New Republic series. They're almost a series, by the way. Just yeah, they that. yeah they came in hot with like you know a hot dinner yeah. menu off the you know diner menu. They're like, hey, we got a hot plate coming your way, and they served it. Um, and, uh, there's gonna be a new Ahsoka Tano series with Rosario Dawson coming back as Ahsoka. It's gonna be set in the timeline within the Mandalorian. There's gonna be an animated Star Wars: The Bad Batch series, which is going yeah, to be. They a, were, go ahead. Yeah, they released a clip of that already too, like a little trailer for that. Yep, it's going to be um, a spinoff from Clone Wars. Another one uh, called Andor, which is a cat centered on Cassie's Andor, the character that Diego Luna played in Rogue One. Which um, I think is kind of interesting. I love Diego Luna. Yeah, he's supposed to be Scarface, right? I believe so, but uh, he's in another movie recently called Wander Darkly. I suggest everybody to go check it out. It's a beautiful film. Oh my god, he made me cry in that movie. And he's outstanding, and I cannot wait to see what he does next. So, especially for this series. So, Another series uh, called Star Wars Acolyte, which is a mystery thriller that would take viewers into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. Which pretty much is um, saying, this is all before the Clone Wars, by the way. This is like way even before Phantom Menace time. Then, uh, we got the oh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Stop. Shh. No, we gotta talk about that, okay? Because okay, yeah. this is, comes from the uh, press release that's on the Star Wars website. So it says, Last August is a D23 Expo. Lucasfilms announced that the return of Ewan McGregor in the iconic role for the Jedi Master, Obi-Wan Kenobi, for a special event series on Disney+, Plus, officially titled Obi-Wan Kenobi. The series begins 10 years after the dramatic events of Star Wars Rege Revenge of the Sith, where they face the greatest defeat and the downfall of the corruption of his best friend and Jedi apprentice. Anakin Skywalker turned to evil Sith and Darth Lord Vader. The series is directed by Deborah Chow, who held the remarkable episodes in the Mandalorian season one. This will be truly a long day remembered as it is confirmed that Hayden Christensen will be returning as Darth Vader. This will be a rematch of the century. Catherine Kennedy said, I can't bear that woman. <laughs> but anyways, I'm just like, Hayden Christensen is running out of that Star Wars money at some point. Um, so he's got to go back. So I'm just curious of like what's gonna happen with him, and I'm just like, is it like why? Well, like why is he coming back? I don't want the like I well, don't know how I feel who, about it. I feel who so else would you, Who else would you want to start Vader? 
I don't know, but I don't even know if I want an Obi-Wan Kenobi series. I think people do because he was the best part of those prequels. Hello there. That's would true. You wanna, like, would you want to know uh, what he did? This is taking place. This is kind of like can work into some of the comic books and stories, too, because there were stuff that he did in the books that while he was in exile, it would be nice to know what he was doing on Tatooine, like while watching Luke. Because even even Star Wars Rebels touched on it because Darth Maul found him and Darth Maul tried to fight him and he got killed. Here's the thing. I just feel like I'm so done with Star Wars. Like, I like what they did with the first season of Mandalorian. I'm going to watch the second season. But because I haven't watched it, I've been a little busy. But uh, I just don't want to be so bombarded with all these projects. And then they all turn out like a piece of garbage. Or they don't even come. It's just as... Yeah, and there's like all this hype out and everybody's talking about it, which is fine, you know, that's part of social media and part of marketing and all that stuff to get people hyped and interested and especially in the entertainment industry, you know, to get them all cloud and everything, but you know, it's more like why why are you announcing all this stuff? Just wait, just wait, just they need do to one fix the rep- they need to fix the reputation, okay? Listen, it's I all know. Well. But then they could make it worse for them. Just I don't know if they want to they should probably bring back a certain somebody, I think, at this point and uh or just bring in Dave Filnoy from The Mandalorian and just say, fix everything. Thanks, bye. Yeah, pretty much. Or maybe bring on John Favreau again and just be like, here, you two will together. There are two movies that they announced, and they're going to be directed by Patty Jenkins, who's doing a Rogue Squadron, which is based on a video game, by the way. Uh, well, it's not going to be a video game movie, according to her. It's going to be dedicated to her uh, father, who's a fighter pilot who died in like, duty. And then uh, Taika Waititi, uh, they announced his Star Wars films to come out. And I'm yeah, actually, I don't know uh, how I feel about the uh, Taika Waititi film, but... Uh, if they let him do his style, it'll work. But if yeah, they're, but if I they're don't very... know if it's a story. That's the only thing. And then I'm a, I'm kind of interested. I'm in, very intrigued what they're going to do with Patty Jenkins and the Star Wars stuff. Because knowing how well she did with uh, Wonder Woman, I, I'm really curious. So I think this is something totally different and like something in a un- different universe that could be done. It's just, I don't know. I'm so, uh, I'm tired of it. <laughs> yeah, but that was all the investor calls and announcements and that's a little uh, that's like a bolt but then we also got some other good disney stuff that i'm also unhappy about like the enchanted yeah. film anyway moving on so uh this we're this, not going to talk about the other stuff that was released i mean the star wars was the one people already really cared about, about the Tiana series the moana series that's coming out the Zootopia series that's coming out i mean i'm really excited for that Zootopia series i mean i'm a huge sucker for Zootopia and in fact I have my own little staff uh, Nick Wilde because I am a huge fan of Zootopia so I'm very very excited for that but there's so much coming out but then again look it up online (laughs) anyway uh, Christopher Nolan went on a uh, he said recently that he feels like that Tom Hardy's performance as Bane in The Dark Knight Rises isn't appreciated enough and I 100% agree with him all the way. That's interesting. Because, you know, I you think about it. Who was the one person in the entire Dark Knight series that's like villain's performance gets praised the most? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, he, he did a good job. And then, like, you watch Dark Knight Rises, like, wow, Tom Hardy is like a man, am- a man amongst boys. Ah, uh, yes. I was wondering what would break first. Your spirit. 
Oh, your money! I mean, he really played that scene effective. I mean, especially in that football scene when he detonates that whole football stadium that like, gave me spooks. <sighs> Spooky. But it was, yeah, like, he'll eventually he'll go down as like one of the best Batman villains. He's a great actor. That's the point of it. And he really brought his A-game to that. Excuse me. Yeah. And it's, ah, I think it's like, one day, one day he will. Mm-hmm. You got anything else you want to cover? Uh, let's see. We got some Russo Brothers news. Oh, we yeah. Now that uh, Arna Dia Armas is going to be part of the uh, Gray Man film with Chris Evans and um, Ryan Gosling, which is very exciting. And it'll be on the Netflix series, ne- not Netflix series, uh, Netflix uh, film. It's going to start filming in January. It's going to be directed by the Russo brothers. So I'm really excited about that. We got some news that Millie Bobby Brown is going to get her own movie with the Russo brothers as well. And it's going to be a Universal Pictures movie. And it's an adaption of a graphic novel, The Electric State. And the Russo brothers are going to be directing that with Marcus and McFlee writing. I don't know who those people are. I'm guessing maybe those are the people based on the book. I have no idea. But, you know, Millie Bobby Brown is going to be getting her own movie with the Russo brothers. So, Millie Bobby Brown. Oh. You're not a Millie Bobby Brown fan? Oh. (laughs) I, I, I think she's okay. I don't know. It's just she's not really... Like, Do you think she has too much hype around? Yes. Okay. Because when I saw her in King of Monsters, I'm like, is this the person that you guys kept preaching about in Stranger Things? I don't see it. Well, like, here's the only thing. I didn't see that. So I've only seen her, like, the major film, like, I've really seen her in is, like, Enola Holmes. And I thought she was fine. I think the movie is a little overhyped. I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was good. But, you know. Uh, and then the and the R Arma de Eris, she's fine. I'm like, you just like I don't know. You you need to be in more movies for me to be like, man, you're like a next generation type actor because people are like, man, you just see your knives out. I'm like I did see your knives out. I'm like she was good. And she just needs more stuff to do. You know. Yep. Before like she, I can say like she's legit. So maybe this will be it for her. And then uh, that's. Most of the major news, unless you want to talk about a certain rant that's been making its ways around the internet. Might as well. So the last piece of news we got is our good old buddy, Mr. Scientology himself, Tom Cruise, was caught in a recording on the set of Mission Impossible 7, uh, pretty much losing it, or kind of not losing it, I need to make it right. He was reprimanding cat like set people, people on set of uh, Mission Impossible 7. It's seven, right? They're on the seven movie, right? Yeah. Okay. He was pretty much about them not following COVID guidelines. And he was just kind of like, how could you not do this? You know, I'm on the phone with the studios and insurance companies every night. You know, people trying to feed the family, you know, and then it it made the rounds. And people were split. People were saying, like, you shouldn't have yelled at them. And other people were like, well, we are in a kind of a COVID situation, like, where anything could shut down your production. And... Few people have left the production of um, the movie, and Tom Cruise just yesterday announced that he was going to be taking a leave of absence from the set. Oh, geez, I didn't know that part. But, yep, this, uh, this kind of just recent. 
I think he needs to go back to the uh, Scientology Center and take a moment to breathe. But I wanted to ask you, do you think he was in the wrong? Because this is, that's like I said, it's been like a very split discussion. People was like, like, oh, he needs his ass kicked because he, he kind of talked like a douchebag. And then you got the other people be like, oh, well, he was in the he was in the right because, you know, you can't be breaking COVID guidelines. You're going to shut down production. I am going to agree with somebody who recently spoke out about it. And that was uh, George Clooney. Who, oh, I did see that. Yeah. Who said he had every right to, you know, reprimand him, but not in a way where it was very harsh and using that tone of manner because you are in a workplace you need to use proper etiquette you need to talk to people as if they're human beings and not that they're not dumb you know you need to be respectful you need to you know you can't because nobody likes to be yelled at i don't like being yelled at you don't like being yelled at nobody likes to be reprimanded in that form of tone as long as you can talk things out people are willing to accommodate and you know so, but here's the other thing. If he talked to people in a nice manner, then I don't think Tom Cruise would be taking a break, honestly, for hiatus or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, because um, there have been also rumors that saying that he hasn't been a good boy, a good boy on the set of the movie either. And here's the thing. I think he's probably using a lot of his own money to make a film. Yeah, because at this point, it's his franchise. Yeah, so So he wants to make it the best of the best, so he's got got a lot of stress. They're filming it overseas. He's constantly, like he said, he's probably constantly on the phone talking to people on set every how they're going to shoot it. I'm sure he's up for long hours. He's not getting the proper help. He's an older man at this point. He's like in his fifties, and he probably like, needs his—he yeah. probably needs his health checked. He probably needs some rest. He probably needs to get some priorities together of his own life. Mm-hmm. And he's too busy worrying about his job. And maybe he needs a step back. And maybe this was the time for him to say, "Yo, maybe I gotta check myself and get my life back together, and you know, take a moment to breathe." And I think that would be a good idea. So, I mean, if he didn't have yelled, he wouldn't be, he wouldn't have been in this situation. And the or if it was a caught, if it was a caught yeah. on recording, because mm-hmm. it, it reminded me a lot of the Christian, well, different circumstances, but the Christian Bale rant in Terminator mm-hmm. uh, Salvation, like kind of style, like hmm, you went full Christian Bale mode. Yeah, that's what I ultimately thought. I know, and people like you know have their way of art, and you know it's. It's, you know, talking to people and, you know, being respectful and not acting like a jerk, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm sure whatever they're doing, you know, might have been severe, you know, if, if it was, like, I heard one thing, it was that, like, the one guy got out of his desk from, you know, to his computer or something like that just to talk to another person. Maybe it was some kind of editing person or technical person or whoever it was. You know, they're like, hey, bro, can you check this out? Like, even if it was, like, a little computer error and the guy was like, oh, here, you just plug in this. And then Tom Cruise just comes in and is like, oh, I just came, you know, what are you doing, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, to see it's like, oh, I came out because he had a computer tech problem, mm-hmm. you know, you know. But uh, it's it's interesting, you know, not knowing also the context of the situation, not knowing what happened, you know. It's, it's, it looks, it's not the great end, you know, and yeah. it's. 
sad to see it all go down and people losing their jobs and, you know, just gives people a break away from the movie. So, and potentially maybe, you know, some time maybe for Mission Impossible 7 to be delayed, if that's the case. That got me thinking that, so. He is. So, anything is possible. We're in a pandemic still. Don't kill yourself over Mission Impossible, Tom Cruise. Just don't. We still got your other movies. We got your 80s classics. And you gotta go film in space soon. Yeah. He won't Uh, even be on Earth anymore. He won't (laughs) even be near the pandemic. (laughs) So, that's it for the news. If you have any news, you can always leave it down in the comments below. And just say, hey, news that you guys missed and you want us to talk about next show. So, without further ado, I think we should probably move into the topic, shall we? Okay, Black Bart, now you get yours. Oh my god, I shot my eye out! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. You'll shoot your eye out! Oh, oh, oh! So, I don't know if you guys all know, but have you all watched A Christmas Story? I'm sure you, you all have. And if you haven't, get the hell out. Um, but this is going to be an interesting discussion because Mac enjoys A Christmas Story. Yes, it's a modern day classic. I, on the other hand, I really don't care for it. I really don't. I'm in that group of like, eh, I really don't care about it. Like, it's not a staple for me to watch every year. Like, this is probably like the first time in like, maybe like... God, I can't tell you how many years, like, I've watched A Christmas Story, like, once in my life, and then, like, watched clips of it, and I'm just like, I really don't care about this movie. Then you can burn. What? 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 Back! <laughs> Straight up burn. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking like, If you don't like A Christmas Story, then you must have, like, I, I don't know what to tell you. just, like... I I don't like. Is it what? What? Say what? You're at a loss for words. I really am. I'm trying to be like. I'm trying to figure. Okay. Did you? Is it because maybe you saw it as an abundance when you were a child? Because they do that 24 hour marathon every single year on TBS and HBO and TBS and TNT of a Christmas story. Yeah, I don't think they're doing it on TNT this year, but they are doing it on TBS. And uh, I watched it once on TBS when I was a young kid, and I was just like. I just thought when I was younger, I was like, God, Ralphie's so stupid. And I was, he's a kid! He's a kid! I'm a kid, and I was much more mature, and I knew kids who were at Ralphie's age who were much more mature than that, and I was just like, they didn't do half the dumb stuff that Ralphie does in the film. I didn't think it was that funny, like in some scenes, and I just felt bored by some stuff. Yeah, and I still like, felt bored kid, rewatching it. I was just like, like, okay. You didn't like when the kid put a... Tongue on the pole. He's like, I triple dog dare you. Oh, yeah? Yeah! Like double dog dare you! Now it was serious. A double dog dare. What else was left but a triple dare you? And finally, the coup de grace of all dares, the sinister triple dog dare. I triple dog dare you! Hmm. Schwartz created a slight breach of etiquette by skipping the triple dare and going right for the throat. No, I just thought that scene was so dumb. Oh my god! What? <laughs> it was your childhood, for Christ's sake. You don't... These are iconic scenes. You did not, like... 
You never got triple dog dare to put your tongue on a pole? Nope. You didn't laugh at all at this scene. You thought that was dumb. I the only scene I thought in this movie was funny was um at towards the very end where they're at the Chinese restaurant. Oh, when they got after their dinner got ruined. Yeah. The dog. Listen, it's just like you you gotta realize that this movie is just well, we should probably first tell them what the movie's about. It's yeah, like that first. A Christmas story, you know, came out in 1983. It was directed by Bob Clark. And it's based on a uh, anecdotes from the 1966 book um, written by Gene Shepard called In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash. And it's um, pretty much about a kid named Ralphie. What he wants is a, a carbon action 200-shot range model air rifle. And, you know, it's a Red Rider. And he's just like, I want to get it so bad. But everyone keeps saying, you'll shoot your eye out. Mm-hmm. So, and then the whole movie is just like, that's the overarching plot of the movie. Just like him trying to get the rifle. And also just just the family hijinks around the Midwest in 1940s. Which I thought was cool. That's the and plot. The other part that got to me is that everyone that surrounds Ralphie, his friends, and certain people are mm-hmm. so mean to him, and they can't even do anything nice. I was just like, God. It reminded me of the, whatchamacallit, but not as extreme, but in the Christmas, the ha- I mean, not the Christmas season, the happiest season where they were all mean to Kristen Stewart, and, it was, and they were all mean to Mackenzie Davis. I was just like, guys, you can't even be nice to your own kids, and there was like, where Ralphie was hanging out with certain dumb friends, and I was just like, you know, Ralphie, get some better friends. Or treat your it's, friends with better respect. I can't believe you, um, I just, I, I don't know how you don't like it. It's just like, there's scenes in these movies that you didn't like when the dad got the leg lamp as a prize, and he's just so gung I just thought it was weird. I just thought, like, that the whole essence of that scene is that mother, like, when I watched it when I was a kid... And, like, uh, her, how she reacts is my reaction. How do you live with yourself? Are you still pretending? <laughs> God, like, I don't, I've never, I've seen a few people who be like, ah, I don't like Christmas stories. I've never talked to one, but now I'm talking to one. I'm just, like, I'm trying to figure it out. Like, so you thought it was boring. You didn't find it, like, interesting. You thought the characters were dumb. So what did you like about this movie? That's my question. I The only positive thing. Thing I could really really say about it is that like you know I'm happy that it is a Christmas classic for some people for people like you and I know a couple other people who watch it and revisit it that's fine I don't think it tells anything harmful it's a sweet story it just it, it wasn't for me that's the only thing I just I was able I wasn't really able to resonate with it that's or with the characters you know so I what think you're so saying is that you were bored when you watched it mm-hmm, and just didn't really like I said, I was bored by it, and I just didn't really find anything that I genuinely, like, really liked, you know? Because I tried really hard, like, with this rock rewatch to find something that I liked, and I couldn't find a single thing, and I was just like, okay. And here's the other thing. I could It could be why I don't really resonate with it either. My parents never really, like, pushed this movie on me, because, you know, mm-hmm. my parents, you know... It, it was around when my parents were young and everything like that, so... They didn't really push this movie as a Christmas movie. They said they weren't really fans of it. And then they thought, when I asked them why they didn't really show it, 
the movie to me and how come I watched it on TV as a kid. And they told me that, well, we didn't think you were going to like it. And we weren't really fans of it either. So we really thought about showing it to you. So I was like, oh, okay. And that's totally fine by them, you know. But, they introduced you to the one only Christmas movie, Die Hard. Die Hard is a film. It's a great it's a Christmas movie. It's Christmas. This is John. Nice bear. He just wants to spend Christmas with the family. Is Daddy coming home with you? We'll see what Santa and Mommy can do. But when he gets stuck at the office party... Merry Christmas! It'll be a holiday... Merry Christmas! ...he'll never forget. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Welcome to the party, pal! This Christmas... It's a time of miracles, so be of good cheer. Only John can drive somebody that crazy. Get ready to jingle some bells. And deck the halls. With bows of Bruce Willis. Mother of Coast, we get together, have a few laughs. Alan Rickman. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee Kaye, mother. Together in the greatest Christmas story ever told. I got some bad news for you, Dwayne. <laughs> Hans. Booby. Eat it, Harvey. Yeah! Holy shit. I'm starting to get a bad feeling up here. Merry Christmas. Die Hard. This is their idea of Christmas. I gotta be here for New Year's. Bruce Willis came out and said, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. The direct, Well, the director came out and said, it is a Christmas movie, so suck it. <laughs> so well, Bruce Willis said it at his roast. Well, Bruce Willis needs to shut up and just take the paycheck at this point because he's just doing movies for paychecks. The director himself literally came out the other day and said, Guy Hart is a Christmas movie. It's like, it's like it's not intended to be, but it came out as it. So, but anyways, going back to a Christmas story, um, why do you like it? I like it. Okay, I will admit, when I was little, I did find it a kind of a bit boring, but I did laugh. At, like, when he swore and his mom put the soap in his mouth. I'm like, that's funny. When Santa kicked him down the slide, he's like, go shoot. My scene was terrifying with that Santa. I've never been around a mall Santa whose people's attitudes are like that before at all. And they treat Ralphie. Charlie, like Charlie Brown. And, you know, just throwing the kids down the slide. I didn't really think that was funny. Like That was hilarious. I just didn't care. I was like, "What the heck?" And uh, you I know, also, like, I get it was trying. I get it. It was trying. They were trying to be funny with it, but I was just like, "My God, this wasn't really that funny." Unless you know, I think maybe if I think things would have been different if they were a little bit more jolly and not trying to rush Ralphie, then I think I might have find it a little bit more funny. And then you know, if Santa said in a joyful matter, you shoot your eye out and not in a mean way, then I would have oh, found it effective. And I just, I like the story, too, because it's just, like, what I like is that, like, when I found out this was based on, like, kind of short stories and everything, I'm like, this movie is structured, like, a kid just telling a story uh, to, like, his ki- to his kids about, uh, like, what his, his favorite Christmas, like, you know, his... So, like, a big mother, how I met your mother kind of thing where the narrator and... It's mm-hmm. like and he's just... How I met your mother, yeah. 
Yeah, and he's just telling you, like, he's leading up to, like, it doesn't go be like, hey, this is, like, the day before Christmas. These are, like, events leading up to Christmas, and I like that because it's just overall he, he just wanted the rifle. So he just – it just showed him trying everything he could to get it. He, you know, did it in school. He tried to – he just did everything he could. And then he was still going on about his life, like, going to school, like I said, uh, looking, watching his parents, you know, his dad couldn't fix the furnace, getting the leg lamp, his mom being like trying to he just have a normal Christmas and everything, and his brother being uh, in the, that big bundled up coat that I, I was like, I'm glad I never got put in when I was a kid. That yeah. was the only, that's the only thing I questioned. Why did the mother do it to the younger brother, but not to Ralphie? Did she not care about Ralphie's own safety? <laughs> Yeah, because I guess the little kids matter in this situation. So I was just like, okay, you know, but like, thank God my mom didn't trust me like that when I was a kid. You know, I knew some kids, you know, who dressed like that going to school. And I was just like, dang, you know, you have to wear all that stuff. You know, sometimes my mom pushed it a little bit, unless if I was going to help shovel the snow with my dad, then she would do that. Where I just couldn't move and had to wear, like, you know, snow pants and, you know, the heavy jacket, you know, and the two scarves and, you know, the mittens, you know, it was like all that kind of stuff, you know. If I wore something like that, I'd be just like, please run me over. I want to see if I can bounce. Oh, man. I'm going to put some bubble wrap around you. (laughs) Also, um, I thought the comedy of the film was actually, it landed for me a lot, especially, like, like I said, my favorite scene in this movie, like, of all time that I quote is when they're at school and they want to test the theory to say, hey, put your tongue on this pole and, like, see if it sticks. And he's like, I dare you. He's like, mm-mm. I double dog dare you. Mm-mm. Well, I triple dog dare you. And it was like, the triple dog dare. That's the most inhumane dare of all time. You have to do it or you look like a wimp. And then he, the kid put his tongue on the pole and then he was like, wait, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. And they all left them there, and they're like, they went to the classroom. The teacher's like, "Where's um, where's the kid?" Like, ah! it's like, oh my gosh! Like, Jesus Christ! That gave me kind of a nightmare when I was a kid, because oh like I was like had this nervous thing. I was like, what if some kid has to get their tongue cut off? I don't think they cut it off. Oh, I actually, I think they did. Actually, they like cut, they snipped it. Maybe, maybe like snipped a part of it. Because mm-hmm. you you can just pour warm water and you'll get off right out. But it's just like, wow, that scene always made me laugh. Well, he was out there for so long. So. Yeah, that's actually true. <laughs> that scene just made me laugh. Or like the scene when Ralphie finally stood up to the bullies, who, um, uh, funny enough, the bully. That was uh, more like an emotional scene. It was like, I feel like that was funny and really emotional because Ralphie was finally standing up for himself. And he started crying. And I was like, yes, that's character. He stood up and he's like, yeah. I was like, yes, good job, man. So. But otherwise, I do like some of the, you know, aesthetic that it is, so. But yeah, because this, this, this takes place, like, the director said this takes place just, like, in one of the, what's the word for, like, it's not a definitive, like, lo- like setting, like. Oh. I can't think of it. Oh, am- amorphously, I think that's how I'm, that's pronounced it wrong. He said he uh, said it. It's set in the late 30s, early 40s. Yeah, I could totally tell from that. Yeah, this movie has a very good aesthetic to it. And I like the cinematography for it, but I do like how simplistic how it is. It is. It's a very 
movie. Say, I do like that of it. Like, and you know how simple the story is. It's it's really nice. I think that's what makes Christmas movies really nice is how small they are and how you know grandiose. They don't have to be like something like a recent film, like a Jingle Jangle. Like I didn't see it, but from what I've seen clips of it, it seems way bigger than it needs to be. So. I kind of like the fact that it's just one kid asking for a simple Christmas gift. I will say that. Because we've all done that before. I want. I remember that that thing. Because everyone has had their own carbon red rider, carbon actual, yeah, carbon action right air rifle. I wanted a PS3 one year. What's that one gift that you were like? I want it. I want it. I want it. Oh, when I was younger. Let's see. I wanted an American Girl doll when I was a girl when uh, I was a kid. Did you get it? No, and because they were very very expensive. The American Girl dolls back in the early two thousands were ridiculously expensive. overpriced. And <laughs> my parents didn't get it. If I wanted a doll, they got me a probably like a fifteen dollar less than fifteen dollar Barbie doll, and I was fine. And then or a Bratz doll. Honestly, yeah, you should have gone with Bratz. I had Bratz dolls. I had like so many of them. So. I, I I won't I won't lie. Bratz, I kind of I was I was down with Bratz. Bratz is cool. Yeah, but I like uh, the can we talk? Not they were, but anyways. <laughs> can we talk about uh, Peter Billingsley and the career he's had? Because like he didn't go the way of a lot of child actors. He actually is a very successful producer in Hollywood now. Yeah, amazingly. Because he's done. Like, if I bring up his filmography, the first thing that I know he's done, he did Iron Man. He produced Iron Man with John Favreau. Yeah, I'm sure him and Favreau have that same connection, you know, being around that time in the same age. So, yeah, I could totally see that. I'm like, well, I'm looking at, like, I look at his filmography and I'm like, wow, he's, like, in since, like, 2003, he's done, like, a lot of these iconic films. Like, he was a co-producer for Elf, co-producer for Zuthera. The Breakup, Wild West Comedy Show, Iron Man, Four Christmases, Couple Treat, A Cases of You, Prescription Thugs, Term Life, and he was actually, he had a role in Spider-Man Far From Home. What was it? He played William Riva. Oh, right! Right, 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 right. Okay, cool. And he's also the executive producer for one of my um, favorite Netflix shows, and that would be F is Family. really like had a he's he has a great career yeah i guess he's acting wasn't the thing for him you know because not acting is for everybody that's why there's other things to do in film so uh talk about the director what does the director also have done has he done any other christmas movies because i didn't really look that up let's see what bob clark has done well first he passed away in april 2007 mm-hmm. so the other movies he did after that uh he oh I forgot to mention, he did the 1974 Black Christmas remake. Um, not, he did the 1974 Black Christmas movie, not the remake. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. That was a Christmas story. Um, that's interesting, it, then, too. Because I, I, I forgot that it was a connection. Because I do he, like Black Christmas. I like the first two. 
the 2006 and the 1974 one. He, yeah, the 2006 is fun, but we'll, he, we'll only talk about the 2019 one. I just refuse to watch that. After Ryan Sto- uh, after Christmas Story, he did Rhinestone, which was nominated for Golden Raspberry. Oh no. Um, Turk 182, From the Hip, Loose Cannons, It Runs in the Family, Baby Geniuses. So it it got a Stinkers Award for Worst Sense of Direction. I'll remember. Yeah, that's not surprising. I'll remember April with Haley Joel Osment. Oh yeah, okay. Now and Forever, and uh, his last film in 2004, it was Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2, which got nominated for a Golden Raspberry yeah, Award for Perspective and a uh, Thinker's Award for Worst Sense of Direction. Yeah, that's something you don't want to end your career out on, but anyways, um, also you get to say, I had it on the tip of my tongue, I hate when that happens, but shoot, what, what, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go on. I don't know. I lost my train of thought. I had a dope moment. <laughs> Christmas story is good. Don't listen to my co-host here. Watch it. Watch it every year on Christmas. Well, that's what. That's another thing I want to ask. What do you think about it airing twenty-four hours? Because I think it started since nineteen ninety-seven. TBS and TBS have aired a Christmas story of 12 straight times from Christmas Eve to um from Christmas Eve night to Christmas Day night. Like what do you think about that? Isn't that wild? I think that's a little nuts. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like to jazz it up, just play some the uh uh Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Frosty the Snowman to add, make it some jazz the programming, but not just a Christmas story. Maybe that's all they I have feel the like rights you get to. T- so I feel like I feel like you get tired of watching a Christmas story. Like you know, it's like you would, you would watch think. it every like you know you watch it every like you know few days or so. You know, give it some time, some breather. But like, hey, if you're someone who wants to watch it again, that's all cool by me. It, you know, you would think you would get tired of it, but I end up just having the TV on all night, just watching it about like four or five times. Now uh-huh. I got back with the idea I wanted to tell you about. So what? you um. It was also released that there was a Christmas story too. Did you see that? Because I saw you reviewed it. I haven't seen it. It's very. I I I don't know like what they were. It was released in 2012, and it takes place like six years after the original movie, or five years. So it takes place in 1946. So they would confirm that this one, that the first one took place in 1941, and Ralphie is 15 years old in the sequel. And he wants a like Pontiac convertible in 1939, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's literally, it's kind of a rehash of the first movie, but it's just okay. like, it tries to modernize it. And it's just, it doesn't work at all. It's so bad. And it looks gotcha. so cheap. It looks so cheap, too. It looked really cheap when I saw the trailer, and then I even saw, like, the DVD cover, like, of it years ago. Mm-hmm. He sold at Walmart, and I was just like, who wants this? Like, I feel like when I saw it, like, years ago, I feel like that would have been something, like, they would have pushed years ago and made it, like, you know, marketable enough for theaters, and it wasn't made for theaters. But then again, I feel like it would have made a lot of money. Despite it being a Christmas story and, you know, 
so many people and watch a Christmas story, so. I don't know. It's just like, who was like, I was like, who asked for like a Christmas story too? Because it's like, okay, Ralphie's older now. And like, this seems like a fan film that is just like, hey, I want to, like, it seems like someone who grew up watching Christmas story and just like, I wonder what would happen if Ralphie did this, you know? Mm-hmm. As a, it, it's so dumb. It wasn't good. Does it feel like a thing where somebody put like a Twitter thread and it was like they came up with a story and you know this were like this is what it should be like? Does it feel like that? Kind of. Oh dang! And uh, then, it's like it's just, like a Wattpad story. That's what I was gonna also say, like a Wattpad story or like a Tumblr story post. Yeah, it's like my love for Christmas story XD. Yeah, something like that. But then there was a couple of years ago, I forgot how long ago it was, um, but Fox did a musical version of Elf? A Christmas Story. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't and remember that. I didn't watch it, though. I did. Like, oh, parts how was of it. it? <laughs> Who was in it? I think it was, like, Maya Rudolph was in it or something oh. like that. Maya. Oh, yeah. And... Who else was in it? I can't even remember. Oh, uh, Christmas, a Christmas Story Live. Yeah. It's with the. It had uh, Matthew Broderick, Andy Walker, mm-hmm. Maya Rudolph, Chris Diamantopoulos, and Jane Krakowski. Yeah. yeah, as the teacher. And I just was like, I don't care. Like, why is this a thing? <laughs> There's some stuff that I think that shouldn't be touching. Christmas Story is just like, don't. Just like don't a musical. Do like, you know, they turned Elf into a musical, and I don't think that's, oh, like, that should with, be a musical. The one with Jim Parsons? The animated one? Yeah, and then that, and then there's, like, a live Broadway. Oh, yeah, 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 the Broadway. Like, that they do, too. And I don't think that should be one, but, you know, whatever. I think they I remember, suitable enough for kids. I, I think I remember the, um, the live version of Christmas Story, and I was just like, why? Like, at what point would you, like, yeah... We need a live, like, Broadway remake of Christmas Story. It's not like The Grinch where you they can be adapted for it. Like, what they do with, like, Seussical and everything like that. And, you know, adapting that one isn't too I don't think, too hard. So, for it, and capturing the heart of the Christmas spirit of it, too. But I just don't think, you know, A Christmas Story needs to be a musical, nor does Elf. No. Funny enough, the 2017 live version of A Christmas Story, they were adapting the 2012 um, version they did in Broadway. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, you didn't know that Christmas Story had a musical in, like, 2012? I saw that, though, but, like, I didn't really realize it was all connected. Yeah. So. It's... And then it, it got some pretty bad reviews, so. Yeah. Because of it. So, Christmas Story is one of those movies that it should just be, you should just watch the first movie and that's it, if you really want it. Because it's just like, you can't, how do you really put this into, like, into different forms? Or into of, a musical. Yeah, how many times can you tell the story with, with it being fresh? Or, like, trying to reinvent the wheel? Like, it's only a matter of time if we're going to be like, we're going to remake a Christmas story. And then people will be like, what the hell? But that's then, it. Yeah, but... Quick fun fact, would you like to know all the uh, formats this movie has been released on since 1984? Yeah, tell so, me. So, Betamax, VHS, Laserdisc, Pan and Scan. You got Laserdisc, Deluxe Letterbox Edition, DVD, 
um, which was re in 1997 reissued by Warner Home Media in 99 with full screen, includes the original theatrical trailer. Uh, DVD again in 2003, which was the 20th anniversary. It was a two-disc special edition, widescreen and full screen, includes cast interviews, audio commentary, and featurettes. HD DVD in 2006, Blu-ray in 2006. DVD 2008 Ultimate Collector's Edition Metal Tin Case features the same 2003 two-disc special edition, but includes special memorabilia. Blu-ray, another Blu-ray in 2008. It was the Ultimate Collector's Edition Metal Tin, which features the same 2006 Blu-ray disc. Also includes a stand of leg, strand of leg lamp Christmas lights. And then uh, 2013 is another Blu-ray, Blu-ray, which is the 2013, or it was the 30th anniversary edition. You got a steel book with Blu-ray and 1080p. Like the previous Blu-ray HD DVD with a DTS HD Master Audio Mono Track, whereas the previous releases had Dolby Digital Mono and special features in the previous Blu-ray and HD DVD. Yeah, this movie has been released a lot since like '93. Yeah, they want to bank on those editions. That's why. <laughs> but uh, if we got not, watch Christmas Story, it's pretty good. And if we got nothing else to talk about. Uh, we should probably just start wrapping up and talk about what we've watched recently. All right, so before we wrap up this special Christmas episode for you all today and let you go spend some time with your family, we're going to talk about some stuff that uh, we watched recently. Actually, we, we watched a movie together. Or, yeah, sort of. Yeah, we kind of did. Uh, what did we watch, yeah. Kristen? We watched Greenland, starring Gerard Butler. It's yes. the new disaster dystopia film. What did you think of it? It was a movie. I say the same thing. Was I wasn't too... Gung-ho for it. Yeah. It was just, like, cliche, the disaster movie. But I will say, better than it was a little better than I expected. Although, like, I kind of expected mm -hmm. it just to be bleh. But it wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. But even still, it's just like, eh. I've seen better. Yeah. It pretty much is... I will say the runtime is way too long for it. Mm -hmm. I will say the action... Doesn't slow down. It does pick up really well. It does have good pacing, but it does like have a time where it needs to like, you know, I'm waiting for that end. Like it just keeps going. Where like, okay, I was waiting for that moment where for it to like end, and you know, I was just like, dude, all right, we can wrap this up. Let's 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 knit the project together. Let's cast it off and end it. And like, you know, but uh, yeah. there was a lot of characters. I feel like we just meet along the way that I'm just like. That just throw away. We never mm -hmm. see return. So, like King Batch is in it for a good hot second. I was like, his oh no, it's King Batch. No, his he's returning. Role. He's returning from the babysitter. And I was like, oh. And then all of a sudden, uh, his character's gone. And then you're all like, well, how many like, characters, side characters do we need to be in this movie? Well, I thought it was Roland Emmerich when the trailer first came out because I'm like, oh, we're going to focus on all these random characters and just be like, we got to have an emotional connection and then the kid has to have some sort of disability or, or medical condition. In this case, it was a medical condition. He was diabetic. I didn't like that kid they casted in the film. Me neither. 
I thought he was awful, and the way he was written was just like they dumb him down. Like, okay. like, and I was saying to myself, this all wouldn't have happened if he noticed that he dropped his diabetes kit, because that's mm-hmm. what happens in the film. There's a scene where the kid drops his diabetes kit in the car, and he does not pick it up. He's too lazy. He's like, oh, no, he I'm did it. He didn't know. He didn't know it fell out. Well, he should have looked if he like look around. Like if you take something out, that's what everybody does. I feel like a lot of people do that. You always look around to see, okay, did I drop something? Did I find my belongings? And then you pick it up and put it back in the bag. But uh, Rick Roman Waugh directed it, and he's directed uh, Angel Has Fallen, Stitch, Shot Collar. And I haven't seen any of those. I haven't seen the recent Angel Has Fallen. I've seen the first two Fallen films that are in that franchise. And uh, they're fine. I mean, I think the first film is better than the sequel from the Fallen f- series. So I, But then again, I would hate to see Angel Has Fallen. So, But they are making a fourth. Yeah, with uh, it's called Night Has Fallen. Yeah, so only... Uh, God only knows how it's going to be. But it was a standard, like, you know, this was a... Perfectly fine movie to release given to rent on demand or go see in theaters. Mm-hmm. Pretty standard, I think. So, but it's not a film I would like to revisit. No, like I said, it's a very generic disaster movie. It's like very, it's really, really generic. And I was just like, okay, people are praising it. They're like, oh, you know, it has emotion. I'm like, well, yeah. I'm like, 2012 had emotion. Dash and Tomorrow had emotion. Geostorm had emotion. Yeah, like I didn't see Geostorm, but it felt pretty much the same way that, and I even felt the same way a little bit. Like I like this more a little bit more than Songbird. I saw that recently too. I saw mm-hmm. an early screener for that, and you know, like it wasn't in enough from there wasn't enough stuff in Greenland where I was. I didn't care enough about the characters. It's just but, like a I wouldn't. I, I I would say I did say in my review, my little mini review I did on YouTube, this movie was perfect to come out of shooting. This is the perfect shooting movie. Mm-hmm. Cause I know with Gerard Butler you don't want it to go straight to DVD or like VOD. But like with this oh. climate we're in now and like him with because it's supposed to come out in June but it got delayed. I was like, Yeah, it's gonna be on VOD. It should be on Amazon Prime and HBO Max, uh, as of this recording. Yeah. And then there was a whole bunch of stuff I saw. What else did you see recently? Uh, that's about it. I watched Songbird. I saw The Prom, which was okay. You know, <laughs> it just wasn't for me. There was, it's way too long. Another film that's just way too long for it. And uh, if you want to go read my thoughts about it, go check my review out. I watched some other films like Happiest Season, A Nice Girl Like You. Saw the documentary on Shawn Mendes. I, wa- I rewatched a great movie called Wedding Crashers. One of my favorite comedies. Um, let's see. I rewatched Sky High. I watched a great documentary called Boy State, which is probably one of my favorite documentaries of the year. I saw Run. I, like I said before, I saw 19 19- Wonder Woman 1984. I watched a film called Half Brothers and. Actually, the director commented on my review. I did see that. So if you want to see what the director said, 
go follow me on Instagram at MissFilmingo for all your reviews. So, I don't know what I'm posting my review will be next, but go check that out. Yep. So, that's all I've seen. I plan to watch more movies over my little holiday break. And before we uh, film our top ten films of the year and our worst, you know, I plan to watch some more movies that I do want to see. So, that I didn't have time to over the year. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, that's it. Well, that's going to do it for this special episode. We just wanted to come back and give you a nice little holiday episode. Next episode should definitely be the last one. It will, or, yeah, last one. No, this might be. This has a slim chance of being the last episode of 2019. And, um, 2019? I mean, 2020. Wow. I'm a year ahead, behind. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, we just want to come back and just give you guys a happy holidays and this little Christmas episode like we did for um, Thanksgiving. So, like I said, the next episode, like she said, Christian said, next episode will be the top 10 worst and top 10 best or top 10 best films of 2020. Just to see, like, the way I think we're going to plan it out, guys, is we're going to have two separate episodes. So, one yeah. the good and one the bad. Yep. So. We don't know which one will go first, but it will definitely go first. So, stay tuned for that. So, I want to say thank you all for tuning in. This has been Mac. That's been Kristen, aka Miss Flamingo. Guys, um, Merry Christmas. Yep. Merry Christmas, and we'll Happy see you Happy holidays. Next. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Later.